2: Welcome, Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. A very
0: happy new year. This the broadcast for the weekend of Friday, December 31st, 2021. So hopefully you are hearing this on either New Year's Day, January 1, 2022, or the day after New Year's. Or later on the podcast, or even much later on the 24-7 stream. Either way, Happy New Year. Thank you for tuning in to tomorrow. This is the last show of our 26th year on the air. Because in another week, actually, officially... Two weeks from now, when we start our first of three weeks of CES specials, that marks the start of our 27th year on the air. How the heck have we gotten away with it that long? I have no idea. I don't have a clue either. But I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. And we do wish you a very happy new year and healthy new year. And as of this moment, we plan to still be at CES. Well, we're going one way or another at this point. We've resigned ourselves to the fact we're there. We've already bought airline tickets. We've already got hotel. Um, We've we've already booked a whole bunch of interviews in person from some of the exhibitors that have not bailed from CES. Others, including Mercedes, AMD, Microsoft, and uh, Meta, Meta Facebook, Intel. Intel. I mean, just a whole bunch of them just dropped off the face of the earth. And some are doing virtual events, but those that are sticking it out. And we'll be at CES. We're going to interview as many of them as we can that are introducing new products or services or what have you involving consumer tech at the Consumer Electronics Show, known as CES. As a listener called it last hour or first hour. It's all a blur. First hour? Last hour. Last hour. The COVID Electronics Show, (laughs) because so many big exhibitors and smaller exhibitors have said, no, we ain't going.
1: Yeah. Well, and we'll a lot
0: of journalists, too. Yeah. But we're going to be there. And we'll see if it turns into a super spreader event. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I hope not. Well, we're vaxxed and boosted. Yeah. Uh, all of our team that's going out, we're covered in that sense. So hopefully not an issue. And if there is an issue, it's just going to be kind of a bad cold Yeah, is what we're being told by alleged yeah. experts. And in the worse health than
1: that, experts. We'll just sue CTA because we wouldn't have gotten it if uh, they didn't force us to go out there with at their event.
0: Yeah. They held a gun to yeah. us and said, you have to come out here. Yeah. Well, but hey, come on. We're among the few journalists left that are still going. So if you want to know what's happened at CES, you have to tune into tomorrow over yeah. the next three, four weeks, because we're going to bring you a bunch of stuff, lots of videos showing you how th- empty the halls are, how, yes, <laughs> how empty the halls are and how cool new products are being introduced. So you do want to stay tuned for that. And, yes, we will still do virtual CES for those exhibitors that did back out or decided long ago they weren't ready to go to an in-person event. But we're scheduling virtual interviews anyway. Or just decided that they didn't want to give CTA their money for a booth space. Which is probably more accurate anyway (laughs) in the long run. So we'll see. But do stay tuned. We have lots coming up for you. And we hope that you don't miss a minute of it.
1: In a brief year-end video message, Instagram head Adam Mosseri, or is it Mosseri? How do you say ah, that? Just Adam. Adam uh, offered some insight into what's ahead for the platform. He says, we're going to have to rethink what Instagram is because the world is
0: changing quickly, and we're going to have to change with it. Yeah, and they're losing people by the members, followers, whatever the heck Instagram calls them, insta Because parents and grandparents are getting on Instagram, so the kids are fleeing. Yes, of <laughs> course. Well, they already fled Facebook yeah. for the same reason. Uh-huh. So now they're all on TikTok. Yeah. So parents and grandparents are going to TikTok, and then they're going to leave TikTok. So, yeah, whatever. Yeah, but he laid out Instagram's
1: priorities for 2022, which include doubling down on video. He said Instagram will, quote, consolidate all of our video products around Reels and continue to grow that product. Instagram has been making some changes on how it handles video in recent months. In October, it killed off the IGTV brand to bring longer-form videos to the main feed. Uh, However, users need to tap through reels to watch the full video.
0: Yeah, which is kind of interesting. I think they're still limited at a minute, two minutes maybe? You're asking the wrong person. I am on on Instagram. You're not, yeah. And I am for the show, but I don't pay a lot of attention. Although I do see some of the reels that, that will catch my attention. And I post a reel or two, and I hope that folks following me will enjoy what I post on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, what else, Um, LinkedIn. Everything is just at Dave Graveline. So hit that like and follow. Isn't that what what you all say? Is that what social people say? Is that what (laughs) you all say? I don't know. No, that's all the (laughs) anti-social media that I do. So Uh hopefully if you follow me, oh, and TikTok, did I mention them? Yeah, yeah. If you follow me and you mention the show, I follow you back. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't follow you back. And again, you know, and I like you. I'm just a stalker on
1: TikTok, so I just go there to watch <laughs> videos. But and I and I have started having to uh, if I if I sit through an entire video and I get to the end and it says like and follow for part two, I will block that user. Really? You don't make me sit through an entire video and then tell me, hey, if you want to see more, if you want to see what really happened, you have to follow me. You know what
0: upsets <laughs> me lately is people that that put a, a thing on there. Wait for it. And then nothing happens. Yeah. It's like, oh. Well, usually I go to the comments then right I away on those I unfollow them right away.
1: Right. I usually go to the comments right away on those videos to see if other people have said, don't wait for it. It's not worth it. You know.
0: Well, why don't you add to that? Because I don't comment. these. Well, you should. But I don't. These morons <laughs> don't deserve our views for trying to fake us out. Wait for it. Nothing happened. But now some of the wait for it's where something unique happens or cool or funny or unfortunately tragic in some cases, then those wait for it's. Are wait for itable. Oh, right. <laughs> but I'm sure people listening that are on TikTok or Insta, isn't that what the kids call it now? Insta? Something like or that. Or the Gram, Or I don't know, who cares? Um, or Fakebook can understand and relate to what I'm talking about. Yeah, Wait for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chipotle, Verizon, and Nike are among a growing legion of brands tapping into immersive metaverse platforms and by metaverse it's not meta the now parent company of fake book it's metaverse in general like fortnite roblox because uh, they're all trying to boost brand awareness verizon says immersive experiences have the potential to be as valuable as super bowl tv spots hmm. yeah i don't think that's quite there yet but i guess it's getting there yeah. because so many people on anti-social media That it might as well be the size of a Super Bowl audience. Yeah, true. Astronomers aren't the only ones taking issue with SpaceX's
1: Starlink satellites. As CNET reports, China has filed a complaint with the United Nations over two reported near collisions between the in-progress Tiangong Space Station and Starlink vehicles. Yeah, oops. According to Chinese officials, the station had to perform evasive maneuvers on July 1st and October 21st this year to minimize the chance of a collision. The accusations line up with astronomer Jonathan McDowell's conjunction observations for both days. Uh, China further argued that SpaceX's satellites weren't always predictable. During the October incident, the Starlink craft was continuously maneuvering in a way that made it difficult to predict its orbital path.
0: Well, that's pretty sad when you have to admit... That our satellites aren't always predictable. <laughs> I mean, no wonder China's upset with them. Uh-huh. I mean, it's one thing when they have to hurry and scramble and move their space station out of the way because, oh, here comes another wayward Elon Musk device. That's just inappropriate. So come on, guys. You've had amazing successful launches and connections with the International Space Station and cargo deliveries and, and astronaut deliveries. But if you're having this kind of trouble where another satellite that's manned, has to be moved out of the way because here comes one of your wayward satellites. Something wrong with that picture, and it's not a good one. Yeah, but Elon has enough money to to buy China a new space station. Well, that's true. (laughs) I mean, he might just just give them the car, the Tesla, that's out there in space somewhere, or is it now probably around the sun? It's probably around the sun somewhere. Yeah, whatever. Well, and there is that new satellite that went up Christmas Day, the Webb Telescope. It did go Christmas Day, I think it was, wasn't it? I don't know, I believe, from from French Ghana, Guyana, something, whatever. That's cool. That's supposed to be now the big brother to Hubble and really look deep into the universe with X-ray technology. Interesting. And infrared. And we talked about it on the show a while back, but really neat stuff. So there's some cool things happening, but man, our orbits around our planet have gotten very crowded. And especially with Elon Musk's thousands of internet starlink satellites. Yeah, cuz you know now we're going to have to go from saving the earth to saving the the universe or something to save. I know. <laughs> what do you think? We want to hear from you Eight hundred eight nine nine into or visit us at intotomorrow.com and mash that ask dave mike button
2: don't keep it.
0: Call 800 2715 That's eight hundred six one three twenty seven fifteen. Eight hundred six one three twenty seven fifteen. Call now. Into Tomorrow continues. I'm Dave Graveline. Thanks for joining us during our 26th year on the air, bringing you the latest in cool technology, consumer tech, product services, gadgets, gizmos, all sorts of things available today and into tomorrow. We want you to be able to participate on the show. And you got to hurry because our annual huge, cool, into tomorrow hot summer giveaway is ending in another week or so. So if you've been wanting to participate during the big summer giveaway because we got a plethora of goodies to share with you, uh, they're dwindling, though, so you got to hurry. Be sure to call in with any question about anything involving consumer tech. Just know you can join us anytime at your convenience, 24-7. And again, anytime. So don't wait till you hear the show again on your favorite radio station or stream or podcast, however you hear us. Just know you can join us at your convenience. The best way these days, a lot of folks are doing it, just visit intotomorrow.com on anything with a browser and a microphone. So your smartphone, your tablet, your laptop, your desktop, and click that Ask Dave button on the lower right. You'll see it on any browser and participate that way. If you do, we just ask that you make sure you give us your first name, where you're joining us from, and how you hear the show. Or the Into Tomorrow app. It's free, and you can mash that button that says Message the Studio Or you can do it the old-fashioned way. It still works. You know, phones actually still work as phones. Go figure. You can call us at 800-899-INTO, anytime. 1-800-899-4686. We came across a company that provides innovative fire safety and suppression products. Now, this is really cool. Here's another great example of why you need to visit us at intotomorrow.com and check out the video of all of our radio interviews because we're showing you how this works it's really fascinating the ceo of a company called elide fire usa is faustino bernabo faustino welcome into tomorrow thanks for coming on how are you
3: I'm doing well. How are you, Dave? Thanks for
0: having me. It's a pleasure to have you, and I'm doing well as well. Thank you for asking. And what's cool about what you guys do is very unique. I mean, first of all, tell me about Elide Fire U.S. as a company. Then let's get into, I don't know if you call it a bomb or what. Maybe there's a negative (laughs) connotation there, but it works exceptionally well when folks come and see these videos.
3: Yeah, so um, to give you a general idea of how this came along, Eli Fire USA, uh, my father, who's an entrepreneur, uh, has multiple businesses, uh, his main one being a woodworking business. He came across the product, uh, I believe it was on YouTube or Facebook, uh, because he was looking for some innovative way to protect his shop. Hmm. Uh, obviously, a lot of fire risk going on uh, with, with all the sawdust and things of that nature uh, in the production room. So came across the product, realized that it wasn't available to purchase in the States. So uh, the product actually is manufactured in Thailand. It was invented in Thailand. Um, and then, you know, my father pretty much jumped on a plane, uh, went over to Thailand, met the inventor, uh, signed some documents to become the distributor for the United States, uh, and then found out, you know, while he was there, that the product also uh, had no distribution in Canada or Mexico, wow. so bought the rights to distribute the product in in all of North America, um, and that was. Uh, March of 2019. So here we are now and, uh, it's been an
0: interesting ride to say the least. Yes, by all means. Now, for the radio audience who has yet to have a chance to see the video at InToTomorrow.com, how do you describe, I mean, it, to me, it looks like maybe the size of a softball, right? It's a, it's a round yes. device that in, you can Toss into a fire and it explodes, and thereby suppresses the fire. How does it do that?
3: Yeah, so we offer uh, three main models. Um, there's a six-inch model, and that's just the circumference of the product. And for the video uh, audience, I'll just show it in the screen if that's all right. Oh, wow, cool! It
0: looks yeah. much much bigger than a softball as you're showing it to us, holding it now. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, so this is the largest one that we offer. It's uh, six inches around. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weighs about three pounds and um, can put out a fire that's about 20 square feet. Now, you know, you mentioned throwing the product into uh, an active fire. That's one way that the product can be used. But the other way that it's actually more interesting, in my opinion, is mounting it in uh, risky areas where fires are more likely to occur. So each one comes with a mounting bracket, uh, a pair of screws, and then you can mount it. Uh, what we recommend is, you know, no greater than two feet above you know, anywhere where a fire is more likely to occur. And that can be a washer dryer unit, um, you know, uh, in a kitchen, in a garage, uh, boiler room, all those areas uh, is really where they can go.
0: I'm I'm thinking uh, perhaps like or in a radio control room or studio where there's a lot of equipment that is on all the time and tends to heat up. And I mean, and I'm glad you mentioned that your dad first realized this when his own shop with a lot of sawdust. I mean, certainly. Uh, vulnerable scenario there where something could happen if a spark ignites and you have nothing but sawdust. My gosh, there's kindling. Suddenly you have a major fire. This obviously will solve that problem. And I'm glad to know that it is something that can be used not only at one's business, but certainly at home. Glad that you said things like washer dryers or water heaters, or, you know, it, it gets the rest of us thinking about how we can Uh, prevent a fire or suppress it should it occur. Obviously, it won't prevent a fire, but it puts it out.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It it will prevent, well, it'll put out the fire. And uh, again, kind of going into the actual way the product works, uh, it activates when a flame touches it. So, um, you know, there has to be an active fire for Mm -hmm. the product to actually activate and then disperse the dry chemical inside and extinguish that fire. Uh, And that's the real beauty of the product that, you know, whether you're home or not, it's going to activate when a flame touches it. So there's no false activation. Um, You know, it's only going to do its job when there's an active fire
0: and while many businesses have uh by law in most areas i'm assuming uh fire sprinkler systems that's terrific i don't know of any homes that have that (laughs) so you know this is something that you can do as a homeowner as as a consumer uh, to have available maybe even in a rental apartment or something of that sort you know you can certainly have one of these balls an elide fire ball uh, just in a spot where you might feel a bit vulnerable and get a little more peace of mind. Do you find that a lot of the case with your customers is that that they just want to know that should something happen, we, we're covered?
3: Absolutely. Um, what we're seeing really over the last three years is a split between, you know, both businesses and end consumers that mm-hmm. are finding that safety, that, that above and beyond protection, if you will, Um to, to have this product in various different places. Um, and, and really the, the feedback we've gotten is great. And again, it's, um, you know, it, it uh, it is able to, give you that peace of mind um it's able to you know let you sleep better at night and again you're talking about vacation rentals if you're not there at the place you know this is going to do its job even if you're not there so um we're excited on on how things are going yeah because obviously you just mount the thing uh
0: on a wall nearby i mean my gosh we haven't even mentioned kitchens which i'm i'm assuming is probably the uh, the most common area for a home fire um, yeah. you know, in, in most cases. So if you have something like this, whether you're home or not, uh, the, the idea is that it, uh, it explodes and suppresses it. One of the videos I happen to see and that we're showing now is you've got uh, a guy holding one of the balls and it explodes and it doesn't hurt him at all. He then shows his hand and yet the fire was put out next to him.
3: Yeah. So, um, you know, when you see the videos, the fires are pretty large. So, uh, you know, it's important to let people know that, uh, the product is non-toxic. Uh, it, it won't harm you if it goes off, uh, with a close activation like you see in some of those videos. Um, the shell surrounding the actual product is polystyrene. So it's just your normal styrofoam. And, um, and really, uh, what it has is four fuses surrounding it and a small igniter at the top. So um, we don't like to say explosion, uh, but uh, <laughs> activa- activation is kind of what we go with. But, um, again, I think, um, you know, what, what we're seeing is more and more people uh, from all parts of industries and, and walks of life sort of learn about the product and understand that um, at the end of the day, our main goal is to save lives. Sure. Uh, and, and we believe that our product can, can do that.
0: And and we're demonstrating that, I believe. We're chatting on Into Tomorrow with the CEO of Elide Fire USA, Faustino Bernabo. And we'll be back with much more. You don't want to miss the rest of this interview and certainly the video of this interview at In2Tomorrow.com. Stay tuned.
2: Finding the right experts to help you grow your business is always a challenge. Chameleon Collective is a hybrid marketing service and consulting firm that is hyper-focused on growing businesses, from digital marketing to optimizing your sales efforts. Our experts drive results. Our work and track history, ranging from innovative startups to Fortune 500 companies, speaks for itself. Learn more by visiting chameleoncollective.com or call us at 1-800-914-0245 today.
0: As we continue bringing you further into tomorrow, I'm Dave Graveline. We're talking with the CEO of Elide Fire USA. Faustino Bernabo. noticing on your website at elidefireus.com, it talks about uh, the different kinds of fires, type A, type B, type C. So it'll cover the typical electrical fire or any other normal things, uh, fires involving solid materials uh, like wood, paper, or textiles, that sort of thing. So you can, again, feel more confident that it's not something about, gee, what type of fire extinguisher should I have nearby? It sounds like if you've got a, an Elide device uh, that will activate, uh, if necessary, that perhaps you're covered with uh, the major types of fires.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, covers A, B, and C fires, and very similar to what a traditional fire extinguisher does. Main difference between us and them is that, you know, you don't have to be around to, to use our product. You don't have to pull a pin. You don't have to aim. You don't have to get close to a fire. So, yeah. Um, you know, uh, that's kind of where we, uh, intersect, I would say, in, in the fire safety and suppression world.
0: And you say uh, these days your business is pretty much split evenly between businesses and homes.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So the end consumer, uh, your typical homeowner, vacation homeowner, um, and then we have, you know, a bunch of customers that are in the marine space, for example, you know, you hear about these, uh, you know, these boats and vessels that are catching fire when people are sleeping on board and these tragedies that happen, it's very sad, but, um, you know, we have that industry that's very active in terms of using the product, um, you know, we have the RV, uh, industry that's also taking a liking to the product where, you know, same thing. You have these RVs that have all these different applications inside of them now. People are living on them full time. Yeah. Um, you know, these lithium ion batteries, which are extremely dangerous. Uh, you know, you can go into solar panels, everything, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, those are, those are definitely end consumers that are using the product. And then, you know, the other split is, is our business to business uh customers where you know for example we have a a renewable energy company uh that's mounting the product in the um the wind turbines so you're talking about a wind turbine 200 feet off the ground uh you know there's a believe it's a six by eight uh room at the top there uh where the wind turbine is where there's a huge transfer of uh, electricity and and you know that customer in particular is mounting it the product inside of that compartment um yeah, because yeah. we've
0: seen videos of wind turbines way up there that are catching fire for whatever reason. And you think, well, how are they going to put that out? You know, I can see a fire department respond. They can't reach it with ladders or even hose. and But there you go. Perfectly good example. And your timing is impeccable. Because right as you said, it's good for boats and vehicles and that sort of thing. Our guys in the control room are holding up a sign to me through the window. Boats? Cars? Question uh, mark? And it seems like any kind of confined space... It's going to do the job. What about airplanes? You mentioned mentioned the the batteries that tend to explode. We hear about those things all the time, too.
3: Yeah, I will say that we have had a couple um, airliners purchase the product, uh, one of them being United, but they weren't using the product in the actual plane. They were using the product in um, a device that actually cleans the plane when they're grounded. So uh, now... You know, whether or not we get to a, a place where this product can be mounted while a, a plane is, you know, traveling at 30,000 feet is another story. But but, um, you know, it, it could work. Uh That's not one of our customers just yet, but uh, we'll see where it goes. Well, and again,
0: I'm not going to use the term explode. Uh, I didn't just (laughs) say that. Uh, But when it activates, how soon does it activate? You mentioned that once a flame touches the ball, uh, I guess this uh, styrofoam surrounding area melts and then triggers these sensors that you have. So how long does that take uh, should a fire begin?
3: It's roughly three to five seconds, so almost immediately. Yeah. So, uh, fairly quickly and, and, uh, you know, it'll, it'll do its job, so.
0: And will these uh, balls uh, last a while? Is it something you have to change out? Like like every year you've got to recharge a fire extinguisher? How does that work?
3: So there's no maintenance cost. Um, You know, the balls last between 7 to 10 years in terms of their shelf life. And, you know, we as a company uh, warranty the products up to 5 years. So anything, any defect, which, you know, I can tell you right now, we've never had anybody send one back. Uh, You know, we will replace them, no questions asked.
0: Good. Well, now the important part is how much are they? Uh, you say they are available currently at elidefireus.com and probably other places. If if they're smart, they're going to carry these devices uh, from you. Uh, but what are we talking cost-wise and, and maybe even in a typical home, how many should someone have?
3: Yeah, so when we're talking about uh, retail cost, you're looking at $120 uh, for the larger product, the 6-inch device. Uh, and then we're moving over to the 4-inch Which is $95. Uh, and then really it all depends on, uh, in terms of how many places you'd like to mount the product in. It really depends on the the layout of the home, the layout of the vehicle. Um, you know, I I think there can be never, never be enough of these. Uh, you know, in my apartment, I have one, you know, as we're working from home a lot of the time now, uh, by a power strip next to my computer. So just in case Uh. the, the surge protector doesn't work. Um, so. Uh, It really just depends on the individual. Gotcha. I don't think you could have an, uh, too
0: many, I would say. Oh, that's true. I mean, it's it's like insurance. You know, you hope you don't ever need it, but you sure want to have it uh, because Absolutely. just in case. Uh, and this not only is insurance, but also some peace of mind. Should it happen? Should a fire start? The idea is to suppress it as quickly as possible. And I think three to five seconds is pretty good uh, that you're able to do that. And you say that it won't harm a human uh, in, in terms of if somebody's nearby and a fire has started, you know, I mean, obviously you want to get out, but the fact is, if this does the job, it hopefully puts it out right away.
3: Yeah, and that's the great thing about our products. Um, You know, they're very safe to be used. Uh, I know that when you see some of the, the videos, they might be, uh, I don't know if the right word is over the top or, you know, you see these huge fires Yeah. And, uh, think that there's a lot of danger, but, but our products are not dangerous at all, which is, which is really great and eco-friendly as well. So at the end of its, uh, life cycle, you can cut the product in half, and, uh, use the, the dry chemical inside, which is monoammonium phosphate actually as a fertilizer. So, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, no worries about getting the powder. Uh, in your eyes, during an activation, uh, there, there's no issue
0: whatsoever. Good. So if you're a gardener, then you can use it uh, at, at the end of its shelf life and replace it, but then use it in the garden. <laughs> so there Absolutely. you go. Uh, uh, Faust, where do you see ELIDE headed in the next few years as we go further into tomorrow? Are, are you planning other sizes or other devices or other types of things to help suppress fire in home and business?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, everything that you just mentioned, uh, we we can kind of go into. But, but mo- most importantly, I believe, is continuing to spread our message that this product is available. Um, it's an above and beyond protection. We're not telling you to get rid of your fire extinguisher. Oh, uh, this not. should be used hand, hand in hand. Um, and, you know, further than that, I think the deployment of the device, where now we're talking about throwing it into an active fire or mounting the product, Uh, we have spoken to some people in the drone industry where maybe we can deploy the product through drone technology, uh, and kind of go down the rabbit hole in terms of potentially using this device to, um, uh, eliminate forest fires. I mean, that's, that's a big goal for us. And we're, we're a few years out, I would say, but, uh, very, we're having very exciting conversations with the, uh, drone manufacturers and, and drone companies that, uh, think there could be some use case when it comes to eliminating forest fires.
0: Oh, for sure. And and certainly would need a bigger one than just six inches, but you're on the right track there. And I can imagine forestry officials wanting to work with you uh, to be able to do something like that as well and nip things in the bud uh, much sooner than they're able to in many cases. So uh, keep up the good work. And uh, Faust, we appreciate you spending a few minutes with us, especially as CEO of Elide Fire U.S., Of course, we'll get you to his website when you visit us at intotomorrow.com. A pleasure chatting with you, and we look forward to more coming from you guys in the near future.
3: I appreciate it, Dave. Thanks for having me. Again,
0: our pleasure. elidefireus.com. And of course, as always, with all of our guests, we'll get you there. Just visit us at intotomorrow.com. Check out this video for sure. You know, we do video of all of our guests. This one is extra fascinating, if you will. You'll be able to see how this works and what Faust and his team are up to on a regular basis. I'm Dave Graveline. Into Tomorrow continues. Stay tuned right here on the Advanced Media Network.
2: Hi, this is Bob from Anchorage, Alaska. Wanted to wish everyone a fantastic holiday. It's 10 below here, so I'm trying to keep warm by listening to Innu Tomorrow. I recommend you do the same. Back to you,
0: Dave. Well, thank you, Bob. In Alaska, wow, 10 below. It's, I think, I want to say 81. I was going to say it's 10 below 90 here. <laughs> <laughs> 10 below 90, yeah. Wow. Well, that's because we're in Miami. And Bob's way up there. In Alaska. God, I loved Alaska. I've visited only once. Never even had a chance to visit our two affiliates that are in Alaska. But I want to go back to Alaska, and I want to visit the radio stations that carry into tomorrow. Yeah, we left your mom there. We did. (laughs) Well, we did. She always wanted to go on an Alaskan cruise. And the last many years of her life, she kept talking about that. And then she wasn't well enough to go. And then we all felt guilty and we had an idea. We thought, you know what? Then let's the family take an Alaskan cruise and spread her ashes on a glacier, which is she always wanted to see a glacier. Which she, she either is up in heaven
1: thinking, that's the sweetest thing they did, or I can't believe those dumb butts waited until I was dead to go. I know.
0: <laughs> well, knowing mom, probably the former, because she was always very well, she sweet. would have said the former, probably and thought and the latter. Yeah, <laughs> very true. But, yeah, I mean, so you and, at the time, your wife uh, spread her on a big rock overlooking a beautiful glacier, and I think my sister, uh, who was very concerned, that uh, don't just throw her off the boat, because remember, Mom couldn't swim, <laughs> so we didn't do that, but then uh, my sister did something else, with like on a little grassy area, but overlooking a different glacier or something, and not to outdo you guys, but I... I Pre-thought about this anyway. I had to do something a little different. So I rented a helicopter and flew out to the middle of the Mendenhall Glacier. Big one. The big one out there that's moving like an inch every 20 years. I don't know, whatever. And spread my portion of her ashes on the glacier. And she swirled. She used to love to dance. So she swirled like she was dancing in the wind and left her on that glacier. And then the people running the helicopter thing tour, whatever, that we get back, and the the girls were all crying, saying how sweet that was, and oh my gosh, that's so memorable. And we're showing pictures that we took, and and how we did that, and they, oh my gosh, yes, yeah, it looks like she's dancing on the glacier. That was so sweet. And so, oh good, so do I still have to pay for the helicopter? Um, yes. Okay, well, that, was, <laughs> that was harsh, but <laughs> but anyway, yes, we left mom on a glacier. Holy cow, we got into that. Uh, by the way, did I ever mention welcome back into tomorrow? I'm Dave Graveline. And I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by
1: Blueberry Podcasting. You don't need to be tech savvy to record and publish your own podcast. It'll be easy for most Into Tomorrow listeners. They have plans starting at just $12 a month. Go to
0: com. Blueberry without the ease. Very easy to remember that way. It's- IFA is one of
2: the largest and oldest tech shows in the world. With this back at IFA's history. Here's Chris Grave line line,
0: line line history history IFA history. In
1: 1935, at the 12th Big German Radio Show, or IFA as it's named today, the public for the first time had the chance to compare TV sets. In a dedicated television street, six companies presented no less than 20 different models. Two stations made live broadcasts in UHF from the show floor. But the exhibit hall caught fire. And transmitters, as well as the TV sets, many of them still prototypes, were burned to ashes. I know nothing. Nothing. So these EFA updates aren't always very happy ones. but uh, I, I know. know but it's shows. still EFA history. Yeah, yeah. That's this week's IFA Update, brought to you by Messy Berlin. Be sure to
0: visit ifa-berlin.com. There you go. James is calling in using the Ask Dave button. It's got a little microphone on it, too, on the right side, or in some cases, depending on your browser, the lower right, but easily spotted. A red microphone with Ask Dave at intotomorrow.com. Hey, James.
3: I want to know about aluminum battery technology. I heard that a university in California says that aluminum battery technology is far better than any type of batteries we have now.
0: Well, James, it's just not around, and it may never be, so don't worry too much about it for the time being. Now, at the moment, that and graphene are nothing but possible technologies that may be used in a few decades but for the moment are just the subject of very interesting academic papers. Yeah, the biggest
1: advantages of aluminum-ion batteries over lithium-ion batteries are weight. They're lighter, and aluminum is less likely to catch fire violently and quickly the way lithium-ion batteries sometimes do. Yeah, oops. Yeah, now that last part is not that big a deal in applications like phones, but it's a much bigger deal on modern planes, electric cars, and other uses that require much larger and much more dangerous batteries. Um, If you've heard about the Teslas that catch on fire every now and then and can't be put out for hours, this type of battery would be less prone to that problem. Uh, Also, all other hybrids and electric cars
0: seem less prone to that, too. So we wouldn't make Tesla our first option. Yeah. Now, the the downside of aluminum-ion batteries is that their shelf life would be much shorter. And in the real world, that's a problem for virtually all of the major applications that would benefit from this type of battery. But it's literally into tomorrow, not around the corner either. Right? Yeah. Uh, that, uh, was that what you were going to say? exactly what I was going to oh, say. You had a look something on to, your face of like... But then, uh, yeah, yeah. but then you stole my thunder.
2: Well, so I'm the host.
1: Something to stay, in, stay tuned into tomorrow for. Dot Yeah.
2: Life Care provides valuable whole life insurance to cover final expenses such as medical bills, burial costs, and unpaid debt. A final expense insurance policy is fast, easy, affordable life insurance that's available to anyone between the ages of 50 and 80. No medical exams, no lengthy questionnaires, and no waiting period. The application process is quick and easy. You can even apply without having to undergo a medical examination. Just answer a few questions and we'll do the rest. With the average funeral cost skyrocketing to $11,000 and Social Security only paying $255, you need simple, affordable peace of mind for you and your whole family. Don't leave behind unpaid expenses, expenses that, if left unattended, will burden your family tremendously. Benefits include a guaranteed premium that will never increase, a guaranteed cash value, and a guaranteed death benefit that can never decrease. To find out how you can get final expense insurance with a guaranteed lifetime rate log, call Life Care at 800. 800- 800 956 0683 956 0683
3: 956 0683 Hey, it's Cam. This holiday season, don't forget what it's really about peace on earth, quality time with family, and Christmas cookies. Eh, who am I kidding? It's all about the toys. Oh, and of course, baby Jesus. So Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from all of us at Into Tomorrow. Now back to the guys.
0: Well, thank you, Cameron. How appropriate that he would be the last one to do a holiday greeting on the last show from Into Tomorrow. Or the first show of the year for 2021. Yes, but it's the show for the weekend of December 31st, 2021. So it's the first show of twenty twenty two. But yeah, yeah. Depending on when you're hearing it, it's either the last show of twenty twenty one or the first show of twenty twenty two. Okay. Whatever. But it's nice okay. that we hear from yeah. Cameron. And we agree with him and share his same message to everyone tuned into tomorrow. A very happy New Year. I'm Dave Graveline.
1: I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by HughesNet, high speed satellite internet available where you live or work. If you want more information, text the word radio to 35000. Hans
0: in Tyler, Texas, listening on KTBB. Welcome Into Tomorrow. Congratulations. Everything I have in my house is Apple. I have my Apple Mac, I have my I- iPhone, I have Apple TV. Sorry. I only have a mobile hotspot. So I tried to stream from my iPhone uh, in screen mirroring to watch a movie.
3: And the movie will only play with
0: the phone upright.
3: When I try to go full screen and turn the
0: phone sideways, everything goes black. Mm -hmm. This has been going on for a while. Also, uh, sometimes I have trouble pairing my phone with my Apple TV. Wow, Hans, that sounds like an app restriction or a bug. Uh, Some apps actively block mirroring of movies. For example, Netflix will let you browse movies in portrait mode while mirroring to a TV. But as soon as the movie starts playing in landscape mode and full screen, you'll get a pop-up that reads, please use Netflix app on your TV. There are other apps
1: that have similar restrictions, but may, for example, just show a blank screen on the TV and allow the audio to play. There's not much you can do in those cases other than see if the apps have an Apple TV variant
0: uh, that the apps maker is happy to let you use in place of mirroring. Now, the pairing issue is not surprising to us. What's surprising is that it's been working normally without a router. Usually that causes issues. So your hotspot must be doing some kind of basic routing. The most likely solution is to refresh the network addresses of both devices in settings when they
1: can't see each other. Yeah, the first one we'd check is the Apple TV. It's built to assume an active network connection 99% of the time, so it may be the slowest one to refresh its network when
0: the connection is lost. Yeah, good luck, Hans. Let us know what works for you and more info for all of you at intotomorrow.com. Happy New Year!
2: Bringing you the latest in consumer electronics and technology, this has been Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline. To participate with Dave and his tech geniuses and win prizes anytime, 24-7...